Well, hello, my name is Derek, and I uh, just want to say welcome to all of you. I want to say a big welcome to those who are with us online, and uh, to everybody at West Falls Church over at George Mason High School. Uh, glad you guys are with us as well. Um, what I want to welcome you all to is we are kicking off a brand new sermon series um, today. It's going to be four weeks long, and it is called The Justice Experience. And um, I'm not sure how that video we just watched hit you, but uh, it really hits home for me because it, it wasn't too long ago, actually, um, that, that I really did believe that slavery didn't exist anymore. It wasn't too long ago that I actually believed that, that slavery ended with um, the end of the Civil War. But that is actually not true at all. And um, so maybe for some of you, 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 you're not really aware of that, but um, there are more slaves today in our world than at any other time in human history. And the crazy thing is that slavery isn't legal anywhere. It's just that many places in this world, there aren't the systems in place to be able to do anything about slavery and injustice issues. And um, really, the, the crazy thing is when, when we talk about human slavery, um, we're not talking about sweatshops. We're not talking about factories where people are paid virtually nothing um, and they're in horrible, horrible conditions. That's, that's not what we're talking about when we talk about human slavery. Because as horrible as those conditions are for folks, um, the, the reality is that, that, that in those conditions, people are actually signing up to work and they're being compensated something and they have a choice, no matter how awful uh, that choice may be. But, but we actually find that we have millions and millions and millions of people today who are forced, men, women, children, who are forced to work against their will under all sorts of threats for somebody else's gain. And what's crazy is that if you add up the four centuries worth of transatlantic slaves, the slaves who were sent to North America, South America, Central America, you added up every single slave for those four centuries, it wouldn't even be half of the number of slaves there are today in the world. It's crazy. It's staggering. And you know, um, when we talk about issues like this, particularly in communities of faith, at some point, the question comes to mind, all right, so where is God in all of this? I mean, if there is a God, and God knows everything, and God sees everything, and God sees the condition of like some 27 million people who are in slavery, then What's God doing? How does God feel about all this? Well, we, we turn to the scriptures to try and get some sense of where is God's heart on this matter. And uh, we, we read scriptures like the one in the Old Testament book of Isaiah. We read this verse, Isaiah chapter 30, verse 18, which tells us, it says, the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all who wait for him. We see, wow, okay, so God is a God of justice. Justice isn't just something that matters deeply to God, but God actually by nature is just. God is justice. So we see in this scripture and many, many more that justice is a huge deal to God. You know, just about all of us 
know that God is love, right? I mean, when we think about how do we describe God, probably that's the first word that, would, that we would use as a descriptor for, for most of us, that God is love. Well, you know what's crazy? If you do a word study of the Old and New Testament, Old Testament written in Hebrew, Greek, um, New Testament written in Greek, and you did a word study on the word love to see how many times it appears, and then you did a word study on the word uh, that's rendered justice or oftentimes rendered righteous or righteousness, um, what you would find is that the word justice appears twice as much in the Bible as the word love. Isn't that amazing? Twice as much we see the word justice over the word love. In fact, there are over 2,000 verses in the Bible, 2,000 plus verses that show God's heart for the oppressed and those who are facing injustice and extreme poverty. We read verses like the one we see in Psalm 146, 7 through 9. It says, God upholds the cause of the oppressed and gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets prisoners free. The Lord gives sight to the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. And that word is often rendered just. The Lord watches over the foreigner and sustains the fatherless and the widow. But he frustrates the ways of the wicked. Thousands of verses in the scriptures showing God's heart for justice. And as you just looked at these three verses, you might kind of have the same reaction that I do when I read them, which is, wow, this is great. Okay, so God is upholding the cause of the oppressed and food to the hungry and setting prisoners free and on and on and on it goes. That's great. That's awesome. That's the God that I love. That's the God that I want to follow. But if God's doing all those things, like how is God doing those things? Like what, what is God's plan to, to see those things happen, to see the injustice in our world dealt with? What is God's plan for those 27 million people who are in slavery today? Well, you know what God's plan is? God's plan is you and me. We are God's plan to deal with the injustice in this world. See, God's plan is the people of God doing the will of God. In um, the Old Testament book of Isaiah, chapter 1, verse 17, God says to his people, he gives this instruction, learn to do right, seek justice, Defend the oppressed. Take up the cause of the fatherless. Plead the case of the widow. You have to understand that when these words were penned thousands of years ago, if you were fatherless, right, if you were widowed, you were particularly vulnerable to injustice because the man of the house in that patriarchal society was the protector and the provider. And so God is saying, we have got to, as God's people, we have got to be the ones who uphold justice and fight for justice in this world. And so we see over and over and over again 
in the scriptures. Over 2,100 verses dealing with poverty and injustice. And so God is telling us, if we are God's people, that we are the ones, we are the plan, God's plan, to do something about poverty and injustice in our world. Now, you may be here this morning and you're like, hey, Derek, you know, that's great and that's very compelling what we're talking about this morning and, you know, scripturally, wow, there seems to be a lot in there and that shows God's heart for justice. And with all due respect, um, you know, I'm just, justice, that's just not my thing. You know, I'm not really into kind of the mission stuff. I'm into other aspects of, of, you know, being a Christian and being in a relationship with God. And so, you know, that might be you here this morning. You're like, I'm just, that's not, that's not my thing. It's not, I'm not into the whole justice thing. And and what I want to say very respectfully is that this isn't actually a justice issue. This is a discipleship issue. And, you know, if you've grown up in church, you're familiar with that word discipleship. But if you haven't, basically, um, what followers of Jesus were called 2,000 years ago is they were called disciples. And so discipleship is really this process of becoming more like Jesus, the one that we put our faith in and we are following and we are emulating with our lives. And so really, here's the deal. If we have put our faith in Jesus and we are following Jesus, then that means as his disciples, we do what Jesus does. We go where Jesus went. The things that Jesus cares about, those are the things that we care about. So if Jesus is huge into justice, then it's not kind of whether we, if justice is our thing or not, it's is Jesus our thing or not, right? And so part of following Jesus is caring about the, the things that Jesus cares about. So let's take a look at, um, at Luke chapter 4, verse 18. This is the physician Luke who wrote one of the four accounts of the New Testament Gospels of, of uh, Jesus' life. And um, what was going on here uh, before I read the verse is that Jesus was in his hometown of Nazareth. He is in the very beginning of his ministry. And so he walks into the synagogue there in Nazareth and, um, and he stands up and he says these words in the middle of the service. He says, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind to set the oppressed free. Now, what is so significant about these words, you guys, is that basically Jesus is saying, you know what? I'm kicking off my ministry here. And in these words, he's basically declaring his mission. He's saying, this is why I'm here. He says, I'm here to proclaim good news to the poor, freedom for the prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind, and to set the oppressed free. That, my friends, is what Jesus is all about. And no matter where you are in the process of following Jesus, whether you've put your faith in Christ and that word discipleship rings to the core of who you are, or whether you're just here exploring and you're intrigued with Jesus, look, this is at the heart of Jesus' concern. 
And so it has to be at the heart of ours. So here's the deal. If you are serious about following Jesus, you must take justice seriously. West Falls Church, I'm not sure you guys heard me, so I'm going to say that one more time, okay? If you are serious about following Jesus, you must take justice seriously. It's a non-negotiable. Jesus said in his very famous Sermon on the the Mount, recorded by uh, the tax collector, Matthew, who became a follower, um, in Matthew chapter 5, verse 14, Jesus said these famous words to his followers. He said, you are the light of the world. Slavery and human trafficking is such a dark, dark topic. And so, Jesus knew this, and there was much darkness in the world when he was there. And so he said, look, we are the ones, Jesus' followers, we are the ones who are the light. We are the ones who are going to shine a light into that darkness until darkness exists no more. That is God's plan. It's us. It's us. We are the light of the world. So, here's the big question. So, okay, fine. But what in the world do we do? This is such a massive issue, isn't it? 27 million men, women, boys, and girls in slavery today all across the world. I mean, what do we do? This is so overwhelming. And maybe you're here this morning, you're like, okay, well, you know, Okay, Derek, you got some sort of like mission trip opportunity, you know, we're going to try and get everybody to go to some place, or is there some like big anti-slavery event coming up that, that we're all going to go to? Like, you know, what's the, what's the thing that, you know, we're supposed to sign up for or, or do today that's going to, you know, help us to take a step in that direction toward being that light that Jesus talks about? Well, I got to tell you, that's not it at all. And In fact, I specifically don't want you to like go and and, and sign up for something that's happening next weekend and say, okay, cool. Uh, You know, I'm I'm, I'm doing something. I I don't want you to do that. Here's why. Because for the next three weeks, I want us to wrestle with this issue, to wrestle with the injustice that's going on in the world. I, I want us to feel that tension and to feel that burden and to, to seek God and to say, God, what, what would you have us do? Because you see, it's not about a one-time event. It's not one thing that we're going to do. And often that's what we want, right? Because we, we feel bad. We feel guilty. We, oh, I, I need to do something. I was in church today and darn it, Derek, man, that was ridiculous. How, you made me feel terrible. We need to sit with that, Okay. There are people right now who are enslaved, who are being beaten, who are being tortured. Right now, this breaks the heart of God. And it's an injustice if we just have our hearts broken for a few moments on a Sunday morning. And then it's like, oh, but cool, I signed up for that thing. It's, it's all good. 
I want, us to, I want us to live with this tension for a few weeks. It's going to be a little bit uncomfortable, but, you know, that's how spiritual growth happens, okay? It's actually through the process of being uncomfortable and seeking the heart of God and really wrestling with God over something that is breaking our heart as well. So what we're going to be talking about for the next few weeks, it, it's not to like some one-time thing. Rather, if justice is such a big deal to God that actually God is described as a God of justice, then what that means for us is how can we be people of justice? How can we embody justice in our daily lives? And that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to get really practical these next three weeks. And we're going to talk about what can we be doing that's incorporating into the daily rhythm of our lives. It doesn't mean we got to go take a, a mission trip all the way across the world. Okay, what can we be doing right here, right now, today? And that's what we are going to explore. It's about the decisions that we make. It's about the products that we buy. It's about the, the, the things that we choose to, to share and talk about in our circles of influence, on social media. Because what I want to get after is, are we living lives that promote justice in our world? and reflect the heart of God. Now, if you're here this morning and you are particularly burdened by this issue, as I know some of you really are, and you have just a deep thing, and you're like, Derek, I can't. I can't go a whole week without doing something. That's just not going to work for me. Then I want to give you an opportunity to do something this morning. And that thing is, it's not a one-shot service thing but I want to invite you to step into community with other people who are also burdened. And I want to invite you to get into a discussion around these issues of justice. So we did some signups last week here and also uh, at West Falls Church. And uh, we had actually a huge response, but we hadn't even kicked off the series yet. And a number of the groups have, have filled up. So we, we know we're going to have some waiting lists that we're going to need to do today. But we still have um, a few slots open for some discussion groups or a six-week discussion. It starts this week. And you can sign up uh, right here in the lobby in Arlington or West Falls Church. You can sign up in the lobby as well. And, uh, and if you're online with us right now, you can go to trygrace.org slash groups. And, um, and, and here's the deal, okay? You can get with other people who are equally torn up about this issue. And you can wrestle with people together. Because what we find is that we can get all charged up about something, can't we? And then, you know, life gets busy and things happen. And even if we're here for the next three weeks and we're in it to win it in this series, there is something, there's a stick, sticking power in the power of community. It's a powerful, powerful thing. And so you'll be able to not only discuss these issues, but come up with a game plan for what you're going to do. And in the Sundays that follow, as we get highly practical and we talk about different things, you'll actually have a little accountability with another group of people. And if, you're, if you have a group that's been meeting throughout the year, maybe you're on a break this summer, shoot out an email to your group members. Say, hey, we want to we get together. We want to do this, okay? You can absolutely make that happen. And, uh, and I would highly encourage you, again, if you're feeling that burden and you want to do something, get into community and let's start discussing this. Let's wrestle with that tension. Let's figure out what can we do on a day-to-day -day basis. 
But these next few weeks are going to be awesome, and I want to encourage all of you, stay with this series, because starting next week, we are going to get highly practical. There is stuff we can do, it's easy to do, that can make a huge, huge difference in this fight against the injustice in our world. All right, so um, we're calling this the justice experience, and so um, we're trying to make this experiential through this four-week series, and so I, wanna, uh, I want us to get a little bit experiential this morning, and what we're going to do is uh, we're going to celebrate communion together, and so um, if you are on our communion team, I would just a- invite you to go ahead and, uh, and get the elements now. Go ahead and get those elements. West Falls Church, same thing for you guys. Go ahead and take the elements and take your places but let's not start serving yet, okay? So go ahead and take your places where you need to be, but we will not start serving. I'll let you know when we are going to begin to serve communion. Now, um, I want to just tell you guys a couple of things about communion. Many of you uh, are very familiar with communion here, but others of you probably are not. So communion is open to everyone at Grace Community Church. There's no pressure to take communion if you don't feel comfortable, but it is open to, to everybody, and we would love to invite you to, to join with us. Um, I want to just take a few moments to explain why we um, are doing communion today, because it really ties in with the message today and uh, the start of this series. So here's the deal. Um, we, we know that, um, well, for many of us who've grown up in church, the, the, probably the number one thing that, that we know about communion is that communion is this celebration. It's this participatory thing that we do where we celebrate God's incredible love for us, that God would care so much about us, that God wasn't content to kind of remain in the heavens somewhere, but God came down to this earth in the person of Jesus Christ and showed us the way to live, talked about his mission to serve those who are suffering tremendously, and then demonstrated his love in such an extraordinary way, said, I am willing to lay down my life. That's how much I love this world. Many of us have heard that passage of scripture, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. So we're very familiar that communion is associated with the love of God. But communion is also a celebration of God's justice. You see, God looks down on this world and yeah, he sees all the beautiful, amazing things in this world. But God also sees the darkness. God also sees the injustice. God sees the 27 million people who are being oppressed in slavery right now. And God isn't satisfied with that. And so, you see, the reason we're celebrating communion today is to remember not just the love of God, but to remember God's justice. That ultimately, evil is going to end. Ultimately, death will be overcome. Ultimately, suffering is going to end. And Communion is a celebration of Jesus Christ coming to this earth as God in human form and suffering and dying that there was a cost to all this. He took on all the sin, all the evil, all the injustice of this world 
God says, I'm going to do something about that. So in just a second, we're going we're gonna to start communion. And those of you who are online, please feel free to join us as well. Grab some food and drink and, and participate right along with us. But in just a minute, we're going we're gonna to start communion. But what I want you to just take this time to remember, okay, as we take that bread that represents Christ's body and as we take the cup which represents Christ's blood that was shed to redeem all the injustice of the world. I just want you to reflect on God's heart for justice, not just love, but justice in this world. And use this time to ask God, what would you have me do? The team is going to uh, play during this, uh, this communion time. They're going to be playing at West Falls Church as well. And just use this time to let God speak to you through communion, through song. And then um, at West Falls Church, John's going to close you guys out, and I'll close you guys out right here in Arlington. Okay, team, let's go ahead and begin serving communion. You know, when Jesus came to this earth, it's fascinating to see the types of people that he hung out with. You know, he didn't run in those circles of the wealthy, the powerful. He didn't sit down with kings and rulers. Who did he hang out with? He hung out with the downtrodden, the poor, the oppressed, those who are cast off by our society. I just want you to think for a minute. If Jesus were here today, if he came back right now to do like a second mission, where do you think he would pick? You think there's a good chance that he might end up in a country with one of those pockets of millions of slaves? This is the heart of our God who came to serve all the way to death. And yes, it's a death for us, for the forgiveness of our sins. And for that we rejoice. But it's also a death that celebrates that one day there will be no more injustice. There will be no more suffering. There will be no more darkness because Jesus has swallowed it all. And so today, as we celebrate what Jesus has done, not just for us, but for this entire world, let us reflect on that and let us carry this into our week. Let us wrestle with these weighty issues and what God might have us do. So if you haven't already taken communion, please take the bread that represents Christ's body and the cup which represents Christ's blood and take and eat and drink. And we're going to pray and then we are going to stand and sing together. Join me, bow your heads, please. Lord God, it is overwhelming to think of how many people 
right now in this world have no freedom, who are suffering tremendously and are living their entire life for someone else's gain. God, right now, we just unite our hearts and we just pray, Lord, that you would move. God, that you would do something just spectacular. God, and we realize that that's not necessarily some sort of crazy supernatural thing, but it might be the supernatural thing that's happening in our hearts. And I just pray, God, that you'd burden us. I pray we'd be okay with the tension and we would wrestle for the next three weeks, God, that we wouldn't just let this go because it's getting uncomfortable, but that we'd push in and we'd push into you. God, help us to just ask you, what can we do? God, what would you do with us? If we're really the plan, what does that mean? God, I just pray for every single person here and those online that you would speak to us and speak to us for the next three weeks of this series and you would be clear on what it is as your followers, you would have us to do. In Christ's name, and everybody said, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. Grace Community Church, a church for people who don't go to church, meets on Sundays at 9.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. in Arlington, Virginia. Connect with us anytime at trygrace.org.